At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Sadly, for the fourth straight time after a game, we've got a Silver Linings edition of the HHC as the Hornets dropped a 98-94 to contest at home to the Brooklyn Nets. One, the Hornets had control. They had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, but the brilliance of Kevin Durant for the Brooklyn Nets allowed them to take the victory. We will break it down for you, pick our Silver Linings players, and we're going to break down the most recent episode of Real Access. It is fantastic. It is available on many different Hornets platforms, but easiest place for me to find it, Hornets.com. Go check it out today. Helping me on all these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo here with us again. Rob, sad to say we have to do silver linings for the fourth straight time, sixth time in the last seven games. That basically spans the bulk of the injury era here for the Hornets, which hopefully will not last too much longer. At least the Hornets got one guy back. That was Terry Rozier, who was brilliant throughout. He had 25 points. He'll definitely land on the silver linings page somewhere. But before I give my overarching thoughts on this game, let's hear yours from the 98-94 loss to Brooklyn. Certainly a disappointing loss, a little frustrating when you look at it just because of the fact that the Hornets led this one by double digits in the fourth quarter. They led it after three quarters. P.J. Washington was able to take the lead off of a three-pointer late in the game with about a minute 34 left. So all in all, just kind of frustrating because it was certainly there for the Hornets. But when you take a look at the other side and they got a guy, it's a generational talent in Kevin Durant. He's going to get his. We knew that coming in, but the fact that he was able to put together an 11-point quarter in the fourth frame and go for what ended up being 
a game-high 27 points, that's just going to hurt you. I mean, there's obviously other issues out there for the Hornets. Some of it came earlier in the game. Obviously, the injuries are continuing to pile up. And early on in the game in the first quarter, Dennis Smith Jr., unfortunately, turned his ankle, did not return to the contest, was just trying to get around Kevin Durant as he set a screen and stepped on his foot. And then the Hornets, of course, lost him for the remainder of the game. So that was certainly upsetting because he's been the best defender for the Hornets here through the first handful of games. I'm not saying he would have guarded Kevin Durant down the stretch in clutch time, but he would have been able to make life a little bit more difficult for the Brooklyn Nets just defensively, whether it was getting in passing lanes or shadowing somebody up and down the court at the point position. But the lack of his presence was certainly felt. Same with guys like, of course, LaMelo Ball, Cody Martin, and Gordon Hayward in this one. But at the end of the day, a guy like Kevin Durant, who is going to be into Hall of Fame in a few years, hurts you. It is what it is. Kevin Durant helping lead Brooklyn to that 98-94 to win. Pretty good summation there. I'm going to give you mine. Three major things for me after this one, Rob. Number one, Terry Rozier is tremendous. Most guys, their first game back from an injury, they kind of ease their way back into things. Either they just want to test their injured body part a little bit before going full bore, full speed, or you know they're just not at full speed yet because it takes a little bit to get your wind back, to get your rhythm back. Not Terry Rozier. He hit the ground running. He had fourth made threes and 16 points in the first half and then followed it up by finishing the game with six made threes, 25 points. He was just tremendous from start to finish. Season high effort for him. Really brilliant, brilliant, brilliant performance from Terry Rozier. So that's number one for me. Great to see him back. Hornets as a whole, night and day, having him alone back in the lineup. It certainly makes them more competitive for these next few games moving forward. Number two, the main thing is still the main thing. The Hornets are still playing without Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, Cody Martin, and now for this last one, the last three quarters without Dennis Smith Jr., Potentially, we don't know what his injury status is going to look like moving forward, but we'll find out as the days go on here. But suffice it to say, injuries are really hampering the Hornets. And yes, Brooklyn has issues as well with absent players. Some is injury, some is decidedly not. But no Kyrie Irving, no Ben Simmons puts a lot more pressure on Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant's the kind of player who can make up the difference. And quite frankly, Terry Rozier is the kind of player who can make up the difference. And he did. But at the end of the night, the main thing is still the main thing. The Hornets are playing without two of their three best players and best shot creators and best overall performers. And that is hurting them right now and is a big part of the reason why they've lost four in a row and six of their last seven. Number three for me, Anytime you look at a close game, the focus is always going to go to the end. I kind of flip it around on this one. I think back to the beginning of the game where the Hornets struggled mightily in that first quarter to get any kind of defensive rebound against a Brooklyn team that, statistically speaking, was the worst rebounding team in the NBA going into that one. Brooklyn got a ton of second-chance points. It's why they built up a nine-point lead at the end of the first quarter. Early in the second quarter, Charlotte had, at one point, seven turnovers in the frame and six points. That's a lot of possessions where even just taking one step across half court and saying, Terry, shoot it from there, would have been a better percentage than just giving the ball up. And so they still managed to outscore Brooklyn in that quarter by one, 23-22. How much bigger would it have been had they just taken any shot on those seven possessions or four or five of those possessions? I think you get where I'm going. And the third part of that aspect of this is missed free throws. It's been an issue for the Hornets all season long. They went into that one last night, third from the bottom in the NBA in team free throw percentage. They left a lot of meat on the bone in that category as well. So, yes, end-of-game situations. You went one-on-one with Kevin Durant and one of the best players in the world, made a big shot. 
couple years ago. He missed a big shot at Spectrum Center in a similar situation, and the Hornets ended up getting a win. This time, he knocked it down. But I think the Hornets, it's better and probably more appropriate to look earlier in the game and say, get a rebound earlier, stop turning the ball over, make more of your free throws, and that game's probably out of reach before Kevin Durant gets anywhere close to that game-sealing shot. Yeah, when you go back and look at it, I mean, in the first quarter alone, the Nets had four offensive rebounds. It resulted in seven points. And again, it's just one of those things where there were a lot of turnovers there in the first half. I will give Charlotte credit the f- when you take a look at it and you go back and you look at what the Hornets were able to do in the third quarter. I mean, they outscored Brooklyn 26-17 to in the third frame and led it by one going into the fourth quarter. Obviously, it got the double digits in the fourth frame. They just weren't able to close it out. But when you go back to that first quarter and the first half in general, I want to say the Hornets had about 10 turnovers there through the first two quarters. They were able to clean it up, though, in the third quarter. Fourth quarter, it was kind of hit and miss a little bit, just depending on what point of the game it was. But all in all, it's one of those things where you look at it, and you say it's a four-point loss, you're going to nitpick. Like, for example, there was a play in the first quarter, I want to say, with James Booknight trying to close out on a three-point shooter, and he got in the path, and it was a three-shot foul. So there's three points right there. You subtract those three points, it's a one-point game. Terry Rozier has a chance maybe coming down the other end to have a last-second shot that could potentially win the game. Again, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but in a game that is so close, like this one last night, you're going to nitpick and you're going to go back and you're going to dissect every single play. I get what you're saying, and and yes, I mean, in the sense that when you get to the playoffs and every possession is so important, yeah, you can look at several possessions and say, that's the one where this one potentially got away. I just think there were long stretches where no rebounding, bad turnovers, not a lot of free throws being made. There were longer stretches than just one individual play or one individual moment that ended up costing the team this game. That said, Really, really strong performance, night and day compared to what they had against Memphis. Still, it's a loss, 98-94, to and so we must select our silver linings. We'll do that when we return from this quick break. You're listening to the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you after a 98-94 loss to the Brooklyn Nets last night. It's time to select our silver linings from yesterday's contest. Real quick, though, Rob, I want to go back to why this game got away. Kelly Oubre actually talked about it quite a bit after the loss, how it wasn't just late-game individual play situations, although you can always find one or two that you wish were flipped, but it was uh, about portions of the game where the Hornets just didn't execute well enough to build up the lead required to get that win. All offensive rebounds. All offensive rebounds to kickouts. Or uh, pick and rolls, they had a shifted, we were flying around and they hit open shooters. Um, but they were downhill a lot and, you know, we have to keep our man in front of us, you know, in order to contain, you know, so that we're not flying around, you know, getting sprayed out for threes and, you know, also, you know, be more physical on that glass. You know, that's kind of where I lacked that tonight. Um, but... You know, it's just a collective effort on the glass, especially when you have these big men like Steven Adams. You have, you know, Claxton, who that's what they do. You know, they get their money, you know, getting rebounds and getting extra possessions for their team. So it takes a team effort. 
A lot of guys taking accountability. You love to see that personal accountability after a loss. Much rather see the W's, though. Hornets falling to 3-7. and seven. Fourth consecutive loss, sixth loss in the last seven games, all of which have come over this very much injury-laden stretch of the Hornets' early 2022-2023 season. Okay, now let's pick some silver linings. Rob Longo, you go first. My silver lining is going to be a little off the beaten path, and that's going to be P.J. Washington. Gives to P.J. Washington. He'll fire a three for the lead. Yes, sir! P.J. Washington drilling yet another Lowe's three-point shot. Big-time shot, P.J. What confidence. Top of the key. Bangs down a triple to take the lead. Well, first off, without P.J., the Hornets would have never had the lead late in the fourth quarter to have a chance to win this because he hit two big three-pointers in the fourth quarter, hit one to make it 87-75 to at the 630 mark of the fourth frame, and then he hit one with 134 to go that gave the Hornets a one-point lead. And again, the Hornets just unfortunately cannot hold the advantage there. But the reason I wanted to hone in on P.J. is based off Friday with that game in Memphis, he was 2-for-15 from the floor. He did not shoot the basketball very well. Comes back Saturday night, last night, has a lot of confidence in his shot. It hits down a couple of big three-pointers at the end of the game. That is very difficult to do. When you had a cold shooting night and then you turn around and you have to clear your mind and go after it the next day in clutch time, that's pretty difficult. So that's why I give P.J. Washington my silver lining just to kind of commend him from that bounce-back effort because when the team needed him to step up, he stepped up last night. I like the pick a lot, and he was someone who probably was influenced the most by Terry Rozier returning because it went from P.J. Washington having to generate his own shot throughout the game at Memphis to him being the beneficiary of the playmaking opportunities created by Terry Rozier. A lot more catch-and-shoot situations, and P.J., he's clutch. He can knock it down if he's shooting in rhythm. He was in that fourth quarter, scored 10 of his points in that fourth frame. My selection, you're going to leave him there. I'm going to take him. Scary Terry in his return. Book night. Head fakes the long three. Puts it on the deck. Drives in the lane. Hangs. Shot blocked by Claxton. Got it back. Out to Terry Rozier for three. Yes, sir. Rip the net cord. Terry Rozier. Fifth three of the night. A 21-point game. We'll take that. Block shot. <laughs> and then we'll take it for a three. Said it earlier in the podcast. I'll say it again. The man's not human. Most people take some time to, to or work their way back into the flow. He had it going early. That or he's going to average about 40 points for the next two weeks because he was just on fire. Center cut threes all night long. Ended up knocking down six of them. Really led the team. We talked earlier about the accountability players you're taking. Even in a game where he played that well coming off of injury after missing the previous seven games, Terry Rozier taking responsibility for the late game situations uh, that the Hornets, A, found themselves in, and B, failed to execute well enough to get the win through. I think it's a blessing in disguise. I feel like we, we get our injuries out the way now. We get a lot of guys feeling good uh, to, to get their minutes up and play, and then when we get all our team back, we have everybody on one page, and we'll be feeling good about ourselves. So I, th- I, better is, I, I feel like it's better is to get it out the way now than later in the season. Obviously, we don't want to be injured at all, but this basketball is what happened. Rob, I'll admit I didn't set that quote up all that well, but he did take personal responsibility. But I think he hit the overall silver lining square on the head. The Hornets, through 10 games, have had zero minutes of Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and LaMelo Ball on the floor together. They've spent more time all on the bench together in street clothes than they've spent on the floor. Most of the time, there's been at least two of them hurt at the same time. I think there's been two games where two of them were available. So Charlotte, you know, 10 games in, 3-7 and is not where you want to be. But there's going to be 72 more games. Hopefully there's not another stretch where all three of those guys are on the bench. And I think if Charlotte gets 50 
60 games, dare I say, of all three playing with each other. This team's going to be dangerous. As rough as this has been for the Hornets at 3-7, and seven, they're about a week of really good play away from being in the top four right now. They're, they're roughly speaking three games, three and a half, four games out of a top four spot in the Eastern Conference. That's a lot to make up in, say, you know, two or three days. That's not a lot to make up in two or three months, and the Hornets have more than that remaining. Let's look at it this way. In February of last season, the Hornets went 2-10 and in the month. They finished at, what, 43-39? and So they finished four games above five hundred, despite going 2-10 and in a month. They're 3-7 and right now to start the season. So at 3-7, and with the way that this team is constructed, with the way Coach Clifford coaches, it's not out of the question for them to have a winning record. It's not out of the question for them to make the play-in tournament, maybe make a top-six seed, maybe sneak in there at the sixth spot. It's going to take a lot, but at the same time, like we saw last year, I'm going to repeat it again, 2-10, and 2-10 and ten in the middle of the season. And that was after this team went through so many injuries and players and health and safety protocols and just having people get called upon that weren't really used to getting their number called. Same thing's kind of happening here. Again, a 3-7 and seven record doesn't look very great, but when you take a step back, you look to see what this team accomplished last season – in a similar situation, probably in a tougher situation considering it was in the middle of the season. With that said, the Hornets are going to be just fine. I'm going to take it one step further. Let's go back to last season and look at a team like the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics, 47 games into an 82-game season, so more than halfway through, they were 23-24 and below 500 on January 22nd and in 10th place in the Eastern Conference. They were looking up at the Charlotte Hornets, for instance, who were three and a half games ahead of them. And how did they close things out that year? We all remember they finished things up in the NBA Finals. But in terms of the regular season, they closed going 28-7. and So there's an eternity here for the Hornets to figure things out, to be where they are right now without having been healthy at any point of the season. This team's going to be just fine. They just need to get healthy. Easier said than done, but from what we've heard, you know, we're looking at injuries that should take, in theory, days, not months, to become whole again. Hopefully the Hornets get some good news in the days to come. All right, that's going to do it for our breakdown of this last game, but we do want to talk about the latest episode of Real Access. We'll do that for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Buzz City, it's time to bring the Hive alive once again. Individual tickets and season ticket plans for the 2022-2023 season are now on sale. Join us on Monday for a Southeast Division showdown as your Hornets continue a three-game homestand. Buzz City welcomes in Bradley Beal and the rest of the Washington Wizards for a 7 p.m. showdown. Secure your seats now at Hornets.com or through the Hornets mobile app. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC Hornet Timecast. Brought to you by Santa Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Want to talk to you about Real Access Episode 2 for the 2022-2023 season. The behind-the-scenes look at the Charlotte Hornets. Really fun episode. This one starts out basically on opening night for the Hornets at San Antonio. It's really fun seeing a game where Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward are on the floor at the same time. And wow, what good results the team had. Uh, of course, those would be 
short-lived, not the results per se, but the uh, the health of the team. But we got a behind-the-scenes look at those couple of games, saw the emergence of Nick Richards early, two double-doubles in his first three games of the season, also saw the team's frustrations with losses on the road to the Knicks in Orlando. Yes, injuries were a major storyline, but also you know there was some behind-the-scenes conversations about how to approach games, the kind of mindset, the mentality you have to have to get W's. And then there was also a lot of great off-the-court content, seeing the players interacting with kids at a children's hospital visit, Mason Plumley and Cody Martin dressing up like cartoon characters, movie characters that are larger than life to help cheer up some kids and their families who are obviously dealing with a lot at that point around the Halloween season. A lot to really enjoy about how the Hornets were playing then, how they were overcoming adversity then, and how they're contributing to their community both then and now. We know a lot more of that content's going to come in the days and weeks and episodes to come. But really a fun look on episode two of Real Access for this season. This is a challenging time in the calendar for the Hornets with all the injuries they're dealing with. And even if they were healthy, the first three to four months of the season on the calendar are extremely difficult in terms of road games, in terms of travel. Things are going to get a lot brighter when we get to roughly February of 2023. Hornets will be home a lot more. Schedule gets a lot easier in terms of travel and whatnot. So a lot to look forward to for the Hornets. But this behind the scenes look, it's special. It's unique. And so, you know, we, we could go ad nauseum about it. You know, some of the biggest and best moments outside, of course, that Children's Hospital visit by Mason Plumley and Cody Martin, which is my personal favorite, tugging at the heartstrings there. But the win over Golden State in overtime, that was really special. Just a lot of really great content there. So encourage you to check it out. Hornets.com, Real Access, Episode 2. Episode 3, got a feeling we're going to have some sour notes in there because it's going to at least include the loss to Sacramento at Chicago at Memphis and this latest one to Brooklyn, too. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, and speaking about the Children's Hospital visit rather quickly, I'm surprised they were able to find a Mike Wazowski onesie big enough for Mason Plumley. Plumley to fit in. So that, that is, was that's really impressive. Tough. That was impressive. I mean, Cody Martin's not short by any means of it, but it felt like the Sully costume from Monsters Inc. was a little bit better for better suited for Cody compared to Mason. But normally I think when they make larger costumes, they go out, not up. That's fair. <laughs> they went to the big and tall store and just got the tall ones. Um, but with all that said, though, I think this episode and piggybacking off of the children's visit and the end of the episode when the team's having a little fun trying to scare some of the players on Halloween with a Freddy Krueger set up around a corner trying to spook everybody. It shows the human aspect of this team. It shows the behind the scenes because I think a lot of people, especially some of the fans, they forget sometimes that these guys are human and these guys have emotions and they're not robots. They're not perfect. I know they're paid handsomely to go out and play a game that we played growing up, but at the end of the day, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. And this stretch that the Hornets are on to start the season certainly expands on that just because of the way that this team has had to struggle because of all of these injuries. So it's a general reminder that there's more to life than basketball. I mean, at the end of the day, we get paid to talk about basketball, which is awesome, obviously. But again, we would obviously like to have more wins and more gold star editions of the HHC rather than silver linings. But this episode really conveys the behind the scenes look for the Hornets, what they do off the court, just as much as they do on the court. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer personally that good things happen to good people. And all of these guys on this Hornets team are good people, so good things are going to happen sooner rather than later. It certainly puts everything in perspective. That's going to put a bow on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Feels like after all these games we've had in the back-to-back that uh, the day off today is going to feel like an entire spring break. But we're right back at it tomorrow, another game day edition of the HHC. Tomorrow we'll be previewing Hornets versus the Washington Wizards and a few other topics as well. Till then, for my producer and guest today, Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. 
long. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.